I had to learn really the very big lesson of not only am I not in charge of the world spinning, but also my attempts to uh, change reality were really, really frustrating to me. And I think that happens a lot of, you know, something happens. I don't like this. We fight against it. We struggle with it rather than saying, oh, this is like this right now. It won't be like this later. It wasn't like this yesterday. And so the very simple, not always easy is the more present we can be, you know, the more connected we are to this is who I am right now. This is what this moment is here to offer me. The more comfortable and peaceful and joyful we actually can be. And every time you step into fear or judgment or, you know, don't even recognize where you have shame and where you've held on to shame. And so for so many of us, it goes so far deep. If you don't know it, you can't even hear an inner voice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. I am Amanda Johnson, your host, and woo, we are in for a treat today. I have the pleasure of having a woman on my show today who is a total source of inspiration for me. I have had the pleasure of getting to know her and work with her over the past few months and get to know who she is and what she stands for and how she shows up in this world. And I can promise you that it is in a way of inspiration, grace, um, authenticity, vulnerability. And these are all the things that I look to exhibit in my own life and all of the things that I look to attract into my life and all the things that I look to share with all of you listening. So grab a cup of tea, get comfortable, get cozy, and uh, enjoy our conversation today and where it leads us and how it inspires you. So my guest today is the one and only Karen Perry. Karen is a certified executive coach with a focus on leadership development, creating and leading fun and immersive retreat programs and experiences since 1987. She can be found teaching leaders to find their better way through surfing in Hawaii, getting feedback from horses in Santa Barbara wine country, and via her blogs, newsletters, and private sessions. Karen and her husband, Ray, split their time between Los Angeles and Santa Ynez, California with their teenagers, Jake and Ellie, dogs, Ruby and Zuma, a small flock of chickens, a herd of rescued horses, and two donkeys, which I absolutely love, by the way. And having recently published her book, There's Got to Be a Better Way, An Overachiever's Guide to Discovering Joy, Karen is here to share that there is a better way to live. And it starts with learning to listen to and trust your inner voice. So Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Amanda. This is so exciting. I agree. I can't, I love having these conversations with anybody. It means even more when I get to have them with someone who I respect, admire, uh, connect with. And this is just going to be, this is going to be a hoot. So here we go. We are here and we are going to talk about that exact thing that I just said in terms of what Karen is here to share with the world. And of course, something I have learned along the way, and I imagine Karen will agree or concur with this, is that we are here to 
teach, what we are here to learn. And so, of course, Karen's own journey has been around this very thing, which is finding the better way, learning to live, uh, live that out loud, and, and also learning to listen to her voice, that inner voice within, and to trust it. And so that's what we're going to be starting with today. And then, of course, seeing where the conversation takes us. Now, for those who have listened to the show before, you're familiar that I like to start every episode off with an inspirational quote, a quote from a book that has spoken to me on my path, on my journey, something that inspires me, something that speaks truth. And I'll share this little story. I, I already shared it with Karen, but I thought, okay, well, what book am I going to go to to find this inspirational quote today? And right away, some little voice in my head said, pick a quote from Karen's book. <laughs> and I dismissed the voice because I thought, no, 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 I, I need to choose a book that, you know, I've, um, you know, it's been on my shelf for months or years, and it's been something that I've read over and over again. So I went to a few of those books that I commonly reference. And of course, nothing came up, nothing showed itself or revealed itself to me. And so the inner voice once again said, pick a quote from Karen's book. I said, okay, okay, okay. So of course, the irony here is that I had the inner voice speaking to me, I was choosing not to listen right away. And of course, then trusted that that was what I needed to do and found the perfect quote to start this show. So this quote that I'm about to read comes from Karen's recently released book, which we will tell you more about in terms of where you can find it. Uh, and there will be a link in the show notes as well. So if you enjoy this quote and our conversation, be sure to get a copy. So here's the quote. And Karen, even though these are words that you wrote, I'm going to ask that you tune in to what they have to say to you today and in this moment in time. And I'm asking all of our listeners to do the same thing. What truth, what wisdom, what remembrance is in this for you? And then we will use that as a launch pad to start our conversation. So the quote is this. There's no magic formula to creating, living, and leading your best life. But I've learned one thing to be true above all else. You have to love the sound of your inner voice. You don't need more information. You need to learn how to listen to yourself. Mm. Chills, truth bumps, and Karen can you tell me what that quote means to you or what that says to you in this moment? Well, I, first it is, I'm having one of those when Harry met Sally moments of you reading a quote from my book back to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I knew, but I didn't know. And it's like, I, as I hear it, I'm, my jaw is like dropped and I'm like, oh, I wrote that for me right now. Um, there's a, 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 a wonderfully challenging situation in my home life um, that everything is great. Everything is fine. All everyone's healthy and well. And there's, there's a, a decision that has to be made, a choice that has to be made. And I found myself looking for all the information this weekend and spending time online of, you know, researching this and that and the other thing. And my husband, Rafe, caught me and said, do you really have to do that? And my business partner, Gary, who I talk about a lot in the book, I texted him the day before, like, what do I do? And he's like, stop 
thinking about it. You don't need, basically said back to me in his own words, you don't need more information. You need to trust your own wisdom. And even talking with my coach this morning about it, it's again, that place of there's plenty of information, but for anything to be true, it has to filter through the lens of you because there's, I mean, we're in an age where there's no shortage of resources. There's no shortage of information. And there is a huge shortage of connection um, to ourselves and to the world around us. And so as you read that quote today, and, and you you left off the, the fun part at the end of that quote, but as you read that quote, I was like, right, you don't need more information. You need to you need to keep coming back to what you know and what you trust and let the experience be the guide because it's never wrong. I love that. And I'm, I'm smirking over here thinking, oh, I should have grabbed the rest of the quote. But remind us, is it the part where if we all, hold if it was on. only the information we needed, we would all have. Yeah, so hold on, I'm flipping, flipping, <laughs> I'm flipping in because, wait, it's, it's like the very last chapter. It's not quite the last chapter. Hold on. This is funny. While you're looking for it, I'm just going to insert what I love about what you said. And then I'm going to have a follow-up question for you here in a moment is, what I love about what you said is this this very important thing for us all to remember, by the way, is that we continue to learn these lessons and these things continue to show up for us, right? So I, I, I often yeah, remind us done. of that. We're never done. So you wrote the book, you wrote that quote, you, you, you've done the work, you've learned these lessons, and here we are today, this weekend, and you're being reminded of it again. And of course, that's the beauty of this eternal journey. Okay, what, how does the quote end? As author Derek Siver said, if more information were the answer, we'd all be billionaires with perfect abs. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So that is why we do not need more information to your point. So, so with that, Karen, what is how what has that looked like for you? Right? Going within, trusting that you already have the wisdom. Paint us that picture. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example of where I sit right now. So as you know, um, this book is just coming out. It's being published this week as we're talking. And I have um, a lot of people asking, you know, oh, is there going to be a book tour? Are, there, you know, are you going to do signings? Are you going to do this and that? And there is no part of me right now that is motivated or inspired to do something um, that feels so far and external. What's very important to me is that for the people who know me and the people who've been waiting for this book, that they know it's available. I, I, at one point in my life thought, oh, wouldn't it be great to be a New York Times bestseller? But I can't control that. Like, I have no idea um, what that means. And what I do know is that writing this book and letting this book take form and, and be created and live in the world means I just need to keep listening to say, oh, okay, you know, yes, this, not that. And, you know, do I want to be on a seven city tour in the middle of December? No, absolutely not. You know, I have so many other things happening in my, in my life um, that never was exciting to me. And so I think at every, every moment we have a, an opportunity for inflect, for reflection to be able to say, huh, that's interesting. I'm sure that works for some people. Let me figure out what works for me. Or let me let me take the time I need until I know an answer. Um, I was not always this way. 
as you know from from reading the book. Um, and so for me, at this point, you know, there there isn't a lot. I absolutely have guides and coaches and mentors and you know people who I listen to for advice and wisdom. And I've had to learn how to allow that to filter through my own wisdom, because if it's not true for me, it's not true. And if it causes me stress and causes me anxiety, it's not true. Um, and, and to be able to make those distinctions has been really important in my life. I love that. And I also hear what, with what you said, I hear this idea of a learning to listen. So we hear what is true and what's not true. We hear what, um, you know, this, not that. And, and there was also this little component that you snuck in there about we can't control it. So there's a little, there's this idea of learning to listen to our voice and trusting that by following that all will unfold as it's meant to because we ultimately can't control the outcome. I have a question. Do you believe part of why we tune out our inner guidance, our inner wisdom, which you have many names for, by the way, is because we are attempting to control the outcome and that's our that's where our desire and our hunger and maybe our obsession with this information comes from? Or what's your opinion? Uh, for sure. For sure. I think there's a couple of things that happen at this that happen in our lifetimes. One is um oh, this I was sharing this with a client last week and we were um calling in the work from the four agreements that there is so much of us that is conditioned. Um, we have conditioned responses. We call them habits. We call them, you know, I can't help it. You know, these, these patterns and defaults that we take on, you know, from our family of origin, from our culture. You know, I've grown up in Southern California. I live in Southern California. I'm a native. There are certain things about me that I accept as true because I'm from Southern California. And I accept them as true, but they're not 100% true for me, you know, and it's that place to come back and say, is this true? Or is this what I've, you know, is this the box I've tried to put myself into because there's a, a familiar and comfortable identity is one. So conditioning is part of it. And I think that, um, especially in my life, uh, like, <laughs> how far, how fast are we going to go as deep as we are? Here we go. I think in my life, um, not having a ton of emotional stability in my family as I was growing up, um, I lost my father at a very young age, and my mom wasn't super well equipped to be a single mom. And so there is that, you know, that child, a very protective part of myself, and for so many, that you adapt behaviors to try and control things that aren't controllable, because we're looking for you know, security, comfort, and belonging. And so, you know, while if those things feel like they're missing, there then can be a tendency to say, oh, let me just control this. A third piece of this um, is that for people like me, like us who are high achievers, there is a sense of, um, of pride and accomplishment. And so that gets collapsed into the idea of my being able to accomplish things means that I'm able to control things, which are two entirely different things. But it looks like that. Does that make sense? 100%. Mm -hmm. 
So there, there are no short answers here, as you know, but I think, you know, I think that so much of detaching from an inner voice is thinking that there's somebody has a better answer, you know, out there is some information that will help me. And the truth is, is that we, we need to have a, a really solid foundation of who we are, period. And when we know who we are, that, you know, this amazingly unique sequence of DNA that, that has ended up as you and me and everybody else, um, and accepting that and embracing that exactly as you are, then you can start to distinguish, oh, that might be right for somebody else, not right for me. Or, wow, I'm noticing myself trying to control an outcome. I wonder what part of me um, I haven't really accepted that I think that, you know, trying to control something I can't control will be a, a useful uh, way to spend my time. I love that. Oh, my goodness. And P.S., one of the books I did pull out to quote earlier for this episode was The Four Agreements. I had this inner knowing, like, I think that's something I need to pull from. So I love that that is a book you reference. It's uh, chock full of insight and wisdom, uh, as is your book. So so what else is coming up is, uh, okay, so yes, there are multiple layers. Nothing is a short, simple answer. Uh, because there are there are layers and depths and, and experiences and the reasons why we may need to control or or tune out or detach from our inner knowing our inner voice can vary, though often coming from similar um, needs or feelings of insecurity or you know feelings of being unloved or not belonging, as you mentioned. Um, so now I want to ask because I feel this is where we're going. Is so what is the better way? Like, what does that look like? What have you experienced or learned? Uh, this is such an easy question to answer. No, I'm kidding. Um, the, 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 okay. <laughs> First off, you know, you and I were talking um, early in the process of my book about the title. And as I was sharing to you insights that I've learned and been reminded of throughout my life is if something feels wrong or off, there's got to be a better way. There's always got to be a better way. Um, and I think that, again, conditioned response for so many of us is to believe that there's sort of a binary, a black and white, a yes and no, a right or wrong. And that's also simply not true. If you feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, look for something else. You know, there's, there's always a third. Um, you know, if you ever feel trapped in a decision, it's yes, this, no, this there's always a third way. So there's always a better way. I don't know what it is. Um, for me, what, what this book captures for me is actually celebrating that part of me that despite all of these circumstances, I'm really optimistic. My husband used to say I was an optimist for everyone else. Um, now I, I actually know how to be an optimist for myself too. But to be able to hold a really wise perspective to say, oh, I don't really like this. I, I bet there's a different way rather than saying, oh, I don't like this and I'm stuck here forever. Um, you know, I have become immobile. I, I, I don't believe that that's true. I believe that humans are incredibly dynamic and complex and have far more abilities than we give ourselves credit for. So my better way happens to be very informed by um, a deep appreciation for who I am, um, which I do didn't know who I was for a very long time. And this feels like one of those things that people, oh, just find yourself, you know, very navel gazing. Not like that at all. Um, it's really about having feedback about, you know, seeing parts of myself that I 
parts of myself that I didn't know how to see. Um, and being able to say like, oh, I think I'm this and other people think I'm this. And I think I'm all of this, not just one or the other. I had a, an interaction with a, a colleague several years ago. We were in a leadership training and I was very nervous, very insecure, you know, really trying to prove myself and, you know, how important I was at the time. And, but I was also very relaxed in this moment. And this woman said to me, you are way more fun than you think you are. And it was one of those, like, I am, I am, oh, I am. And when I began to see that, that just part of me is like, I will try and make anything more fun. It's just a part of who I am. Um, you know, it's not a part of who everyone is. Some people you go to because of how um, analytical they are, you know, and I, I used to work with someone on a, a board of directors and I would have these great, huge visionary ideas. And I would go to my friend Paul and say, okay, here's where I see, help me see the things I can't see. So um, in that whole, there's got to be a better way. It really is starting to, I said embrace before, but really like accept that there are so many parts of you um, and becoming versatile and facile and agile with, oh, okay, when I'm this, I'm here, I'm this, I'm here, I'm all these things and so much more. Whew. Amen. Well said. And I, I'm loving how the better way encompasses all of these wisdoms and truths that have been passed down for generations upon centuries, <laughs> you know, and um, the idea that we are all of it, the idea that there is a third middle way, it's not black or white, the, 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 the reality that we get to choose if we are the victim or this is happening for us, you know, that, that came up even a little bit in what you were saying. I mean, do we get to look at it like, well, I guess this is it. I'm stuck behind between a rock and a hard place. Or are we willing to shift and see how this, there is something else. And maybe the something else is how that rock is really offering me support or serving as a crutch in that moment. We don't know. Right. So did, I love how your the, the better way encapsulates so much and that's what's so brilliant about it and yet it's still unique to your journey and to each of our journeys we will each our better way by remembering these truths by remembering these snippets of wisdom and insight uh, that your book articulates that many other books and teachers and leaders and writers and um, you know mentors share as well I'm curious um, with all of that being said, you know, what your better way um, includes listening more closely to yourself, um, hearing that, knowing what feels true, what doesn't. And you talk about, you just now you spoke about that, you know, it doesn't always take navel gazing. Um, and it can be a process to see ourselves for all of it. Um, what, I don't know, is it advice? What um, offering? Do you give either to people you work with or would you like to give to people listening today? Like, okay, so great. This sounds amazing. So what do I do? How do I, where do I start? What's the, what is this? What can this look like for me? Well, it's such a, it's such a great question, Amanda. And it's such a big question. And 
you know, as you and I speak here today, I have been on a very, very deliberate um, journey of exploration of myself. Um, it is who I am. I am, uh, this is, you know, part of my DNA is to explore and to lead and guide others. So there are things that I may say that sound like, oh, of course I've done this. I've been doing this my whole life. So for someone who's just starting out, I remember a time um, when I was pretty lost and really wasn't sure of who I was. And I remember seeing something on the Oprah Winfrey show when I was home with my newborn son. And I remember one of those moments, I don't even know if we had a VCR at the time, really how I was recording the program, but I remember pausing it and grabbing a notebook because there was a question that she or one of the, the, the guests on her show uh, had prompted, which was, you know, who are you? And I was like, who am I? How, how? I don't know. And it was like the first place for me of looking was, well, what am I good at? Like just by being me, you know, what have I heard about myself? What do I enjoy doing? And when I started in my, in my career in coaching, I started doing a lot of career coaching and a lot of that. And it, it's, it's, the, the work is the same, no matter what the topic is, but it's, you know, where do you feel strong? Where do you feel confident? Um, where do you feel most natural and at ease? And I don't know if this made it into the book or not. I think it did. But the things I was aware of of myself was um, I'm a good listener. I've always been a really good listener. I'm a really good observer. Um, I really like to help people solve problems. And I'm really good at organizing things. And those are truths of me from childhood to present um those aspects of me are, are just things like if if someone were you know from my childhood to someone who you know just met me you know we start working on a project together you'd probably figure those things out pretty quickly like that's just who I am um, but it was having that moment of trying to find a way to witness myself which not everyone has the the ability or uh, willingness to do but just honestly sit down what do I like what am I good at you know, what can people count on me for? Um, and those are really easy questions to start with. Uh, easy, sorry, simple, maybe not easy. Um, but if you can, you know, give yourself a pen and paper and a few minutes and, you know, when I feel most myself, I am dot, dot, dot. That's one way. Yeah. Well, and what I love, okay, brilliant, by the way, brilliant exercise. And this is also pointing to uh, again, another larger concept that is when we, as you said earlier as well, accepting all parts of ourselves. So there's this, this beautiful dance of learning who we are at our core, at our essence. Uh, what do we do naturally? What do we gravitate toward? How, well, how do people see us? Uh, again, what brings us joy? Um, when am I most at ease? And we can start identifying those things. We, I believe what I'm hearing you say is when, as we do that, we begin to then more clearly hear what feels true, what doesn't feel true. And then equally, there's this other part of accepting all parts of ourselves, because I think sometimes also, perhaps, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Is there a piece of it where we don't, um, perhaps we resist our inner knowing, our inner voice, we don't trust it, and we resist the better way you know we, we resist whatever that is because of um, out of fear because we are judging something within us because we don't feel we can trust ourselves like how does that 
play into all of this for you? That is such a good question. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a big question. So I want to try and sit with it and see if I can hit all the points because as you were asking, it's like, oh yeah, totally that. So the first part around accepting and embracing all the parts of yourself and acknowledging where there's fear and judgment. Um, actually, those, that's not one thing. That's actually, I'm going to parse that out a little bit. So one of the things I know about myself, and this is really, really basic example, but like I can do financial and accounting work if I was forced to, but it does not fill me with great joy. And it is not something that um, comes easily or naturally to me. Not to say I didn't get all A's in high school because I did, you know, because that's in the book. <laughs> so which I bring in because I think there's a part of us, again, especially, you know, wherever our foundation comes from, where there's some shame and judgment around if I'm not good at something, it means I'm bad. You know, I'm a bad person or I'm just not good enough. And that's just simply not true. Um, everyone has strengths and not everything is a strength of yours. So for there's, you know, a large component of this accepting and embracing is accepting that I am a person who, you know, has felt shame for things I'm not able to do. Or I'm a person who judges myself because I'm afraid of what people will think of me if blah, blah, blah. Um, so those are a couple of things. Can you ask the question a little bit more? Because I, I think I may be lost in my answer a little bit. I think I'm, I'm going somewhere, but I'm not sure where I'm headed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, and then there's the, the, that's the one piece of the accepting all parts of ourselves, uh, which include those things that we may feel shame about because we don't do well or we, we don't like them, which I think then leads to the fear and the judgment. Like, how are we, how are we then judging ourselves or, and how does that then keep us from trusting ourselves? I'm wondering there between yeah. judging ourselves and then trusting and not being able to trust ourselves. Well, there's a, it's funny because as you were asking, I was thinking of the time in my life when I realized that I was not going to, to wear skinny jeans, the way most people would wear, wear skinny jeans. I am not petite. I am like, I am a, a pretty average size, a slightly taller than average, but average size woman. I am never going to fit in certain things. And I remember one day I was in old Navy, um, it's certainly not a product plug here. I was, and I was trying on pants. I was like, oh, these pants just don't fit me. Like these pants are not made for my body. That doesn't make my body wrong, you know? And so, but I think that that kind of, just that gentle kind of compassionate conversation with oneself, rather than saying, you know, you've got to lose 20 pounds or you've got to go to the gym or you've got to X, Y, and Z to be acceptable. It's like, no, you're fine. Like you're fine. And this just might not fit you. Like there is nothing wrong. And I think that the more we can be aware of where we judge ourselves and be aware of where we, uh, oh gosh, this is pretty big, but where we withhold love and acceptance from ourselves. Um, it's a lot harder to be accepting of yourself. If you have conditions you feel you have to meet to be acceptable. And mm -hmm. so, but until you know, you don't know. And the quickest way to find out is if it causes you stress or pain. If you, if you tell yourself something 
that causes you pain or grief or sadness, see if it's true. Um, because, you know, mm -hmm. in the world, I think that we do a lot better with ourselves being gentle and compassionate and understanding, of course, boundaries, of course, you know, having um, great aspirations, but also understanding I am a human person. I am going to make mistakes. I will make mistakes. I will hurt people. I will fail at things. And that's okay too. Yes. And that doesn't mean I can't trust myself or I can't um, believe that there is still this guidance within me that is directing me. I, or that I can find the better way. What I, your, your example, which is phenomenal, by the way, it was so delightful because I'm thinking, you know, even in that situation where and we each face it in our own way, whether or not it's a pair of pants that we're trying on or uh, how we're supposed to market our business or whatever. Again, going back to what we talked about at the very beginning, it's like all this information is, you know, being thrown at us that this is the, you know, this is how to look stylish. <laughs> this is how to be successful. This is all these things. So long as we sit in the judgment or shame of ourselves, either because the pants don't fit or that marketing tactic didn't work or I mean, on and on and on and on the list can go, we potentially will tune out any of that inner guidance because I think, it, at least in my experience, the, well, I mean, as soon as I put on that judgment or that shame, I no longer see myself as trustworthy. I don't see myself as worthy. So I'm going to sit there and I'm certainly don't feel confident to say, you know what, actually, those pair of pants are going to look fabulous on me because I'm in that state of shame and judgment, or I don't need to, to your point, I don't feel aligned with a, you know, seven city book tour right now. That's not to say it won't ever feel easeful and joyful and part of your better way and part of what you need to do, but it doesn't right now. And the thing is you couldn't come to that. I don't believe you could come to that conclusion or I could come to that conclusion if I'm sitting here judging myself, right? Absolutely. Well, and I think I'm, I'm going to say something that, again, simple, not necessarily easy, but I had to learn really the very big lesson of not only am I not in, not in charge of the world spinning, but also my attempts to uh, change reality were really, really frustrating to me. And I think that happens a lot of, you know, something happens. I don't like this. Um, we fight against it. We struggle with it rather than saying, oh, this is like this right now. It won't be like this later. It wasn't like this yesterday. And so the very simple, not always easy is the more present we can be, you know, the more connected we are to this is who I am right now. This is what this moment is here to offer me. Um, the more comfortable and peaceful and joyful we actually can be. And Every time you step into fear or judgment or, you know, don't even recognize where you have shame and where you've held on to shame. And so for so many of us, it goes so far deep. If you don't know it, there's always, you, you can't even hear an inner voice because the, what, what we want people to hear is that authentic, vibrant, powerful, positive. And what instead they hear is the nagging, judging you could do better. You should do more. That's not your inner voice. That is your inner critic. That is, you know, an evolutionary part of you that was trying to keep you uh, safe and, and protected. 
that is not your inner voice. Your inner voice is always gentle and kind. It may be powerful. It may be louder sometimes, but it is never mean and telling you you're a bad person. I will say mic drop. I love those moments because it literally feels like a mic drop moment. So hashtag mic drop. Really. <laughs> oh, so good. I love it. Oh, I love it, Karen. I do want to pivot and ask a few closing questions, but before I do, is there anything else you feel you would like to say or share on this topic? The first thing, and I say this throughout my book, if you need help, get help. If you are feeling bad about a situation in your life or about you or about life, your life itself, get help and don't stop. Do not stop until you can find a place where you feel heard and seen because only then can you start to grow and, and truly become the amazing person that you were meant to be, which you always were. But if, if you've got stuff that's stopping you, get help. I love it. Okay. So these last three questions that I ask each of my guests is an opportunity for us to further get to know you a bit. And of course, being the inspired uh, radio show that this is, these are all revolving around inspiration and what inspires you. So the first question is who has been a source of inspiration for you and why? You know, I, I mentioned Oprah Winfrey before, and I'm going to mention Oprah Winfrey again, because in my very quiet days, um, when my career ended and when I became a mom, Oprah was the girlfriend I sat with on the couch every afternoon. And what I saw was a woman who was a journalist in her early part of her career who transformed to become such a powerful agent of change and very open and vulnerable and curious. And there are things that I learned about myself from all the years of watching Oprah that I didn't have anyone else teaching me. And so that that's, she's, she's the one she's like, if I could, you know, sit down and, you know, sit with her and have a cup of tea, I would just say, thank you. And, you know, wonder where she found the courage to, um, to share all she did, to create she did at the magnitude that she did, step away from it, reinvent when she did, because that to me is like, there's so much um, beauty in what she's created and impact all over the world. Beautiful answer. What place or activity is most inspiring to you right now? Right now? So right now it is um, a Tuesday morning. I'm in my office. And after we speak, I'll be speaking with another client. Um, I love my house. I, uh, my family just moved to this house about a year ago. And I am so in love with the space that we've created. I love the light. Um, my daughter comes in my office and she's like, ah, oh, love the vibes in here. So you, in this very present moment, um, what's inspiring to me is this, this, uh, this space that we've created. And again, it was one of those amazing things. Um, story for the next book. Um, um, we had a vision for what our family life was going to become and wanted to find a house that would meet us there. And this, this house is all that and more. So this is currently very specifically because I'm sitting here, one of the most inspiring places. And a couple of weeks ago, it was Hawaii. And then a couple of weeks from now, it's going to be um, out in the mountains. So um, I really, honestly, love to find inspiration wherever I am. I think, you know, there's so much to appreciate 
in in spaces but home home right now is is mm. feeding my soul well that just delights me all of that so much so thank you um my final question then is what book has inspired you spiritually personally there is a book um i don't reference it in the text of my book but i do reference it in books that have made an impact on me and that book is man's search for meeting by victor frankel and dr frankel was a psychologist who survived the holocaust and the book itself it's split into two parts the first part was his own um amazing and horrific journey uh, living in the concentration camps. And the second part of the book is this incredibly deep and moving um, analysis of what makes people survive and thrive. And, you know, it's, it's a tough story to get through, but there's this sense, this incredible sense of purpose that comes from when you know who you are and you know why you're here, that life expands to meet you. Wow. Well, this conversation has been all that and so much more. And I am so grateful to you, Karen, for taking the time to be with me and to share yourself in this, even just these snippets, these little phrases and words, which of course you are so much more. And you share so much more in your book, which I will highly recommend every person listening uh, if, if something she said resonated and, and aligned with who you are, where you're at on your journey, check it out, get a copy. So thank you, Karen, for being here. And of course, thank you all for listening. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. Yeah, the book is now available on in paperback and on Kindle, on Amazon. It's also available on Barnes & Noble, on Apple, iTunes, iBook, whatever that's called now. But it is wherever you buy books, there is my book. So um, I'm so excited to mm -hmm. be able to share this with people and, and have people read it and have people find their better way. Because it's always there. You just have to look. Always there. That's right. So thank you for listening, for tuning in. And if you aren't already, feel free to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be notified when I have other exceptional guests on the show like Karen. And um, many, many blessings to you on today's new moon. and many days to come. Take care, everyone.